1: Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
2: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: Brian, this is the show that we had marked for the month of April.
2: Absolutely. This is the
1: show. This is the one. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I think this is the show that's going to have everybody opening their mouths tomorrow. <laughs>
2: i agree i agree
1: i was talking with a gentleman today who's in the stock market and uh... we were talking and he was saying that you know his job may be up uh... he may lose his job because uh... he, he wasn't producing like the other stockbrokers and i said well will don't you just do something different why do you have to do everything that they're doing you know you're in a profession and your job is on the line when you don't produce. So produce in a way that you know how to produce. And he said, well, you know, I never thought about that. I said, well, you know, we live in a world, everybody's trying to be robots and doing the same thing as everybody else. Do something different with what you're doing. And you'll get, I believe that you'll get better results. Because if you're doing the same thing as everybody else, then you, you have all this competition and you have all this. And you know what I'm saying, Brian. It just gets yeah. out of hand sometimes. So I, I, I say to everybody out there, whatever you're doing, do what's best for you and what fits for you.
2: You know, I had sort of a similar conversation with a young lady today. She was talking about how she was fed up with, you know, and living in Tallahassee. She felt like there was nothing for her to grasp onto, and she really didn't know what her talents were, but she knew that she there was something out there that she could do. And, you know, the advice that I gave her, I said, you know, whatever you do that you find enjoyable, and very easy to do, do that, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) you know. Mm. If you like talking to people, then start a speaking bureau, you know. Start, you know, whatever you enjoy doing and you find it easy to do and you see that others find difficulty in doing that, then that's something that that you should be doing. Yes,
1: yes. And Brian, guess what? Tonight we're going to discover... From our guest, we're going to discover some things, some secrets to achieving success. We're going to discover some secrets. He's going to tell us some things tonight. Uh, We we also want you to, we're going to talk with him about the book. We want everybody to go out and buy this book. Uh It's a life-changing book. And you know what, Brian, sometimes it only takes just a number of things, just a, a small sentence or one word to change somebody's life. Because you never know what a person needs to hear. You never know what they're going through. But, Brian, you can't do that if you don't open your mouth.
2: No, I don't think so. (laughs)
1: Mm. But you have to be bold enough to say, you know what, I'm going to step up to the plate. I'm going to say something that's going to help someone. But if you don't reach out to others, and you know what, I believe a lot of things happen for us when we volunteer our time and we do something or say something to help Uh, someone that's in our path. Do you agree?
2: Oh, yeah, I totally agree. You know, I I think that the fact that we're here and and we have the ability, see, everybody has the same amount of time to do something. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody gets like an extra second or nobody loses an extra second. It's all about how you spend your time. And if you spend your time moping and complaining and, I don't know if I can do it, you know, see, the thing about opening your mouth is sometimes you can speak life and sometimes you can speak death. That's right. To your future.
1: hmm
2: You know, but tonight we're going to learn what a dentist can teach you about business, life, and success.
1: Brian, <laughs> go ahead and bring him in. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk to him.
2: Absolutely.
1: I know the guests are waiting. <laughs> yeah.
2: Tonight's special guest is best-selling author Dr. Joe Capista. For over three decades, Dr. Joe Capista has dedicated himself to the study of the power and impact of the mind and spirit in creating your reality. Putting these teachings, in, these, putting into practice these teachings, Dr. Capista has built a multi-million dollar dental practice and located in Brumall, Pennsylvania. Mm. You know, before I bring Dr. Capista on, I want to say that it's amazing what you can do when you put your mind to it. That's right. <laughs> you know, because when I heard about the book, What a Dentist Can Teach You About Business, Life, and Success, I'm thinking, I thought dentists only talk about, you know, how to keep your teeth healthy. <laughs> you know, so what do they know? And that's what really intrigued me when I, you know, when I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, so, we're going to find out. We're going to find out tonight. <laughs> Dr. Joe, are you there? I am, Brian. How are you? And Gregory? How, is, how are you doing, Dr. Joe?
1: doing great. I'm going great. Get
2: by the solutions hour. Yeah. Thank you for having me on.
1: Babe, and you know what? <coughs> uh, we, we're, we're so happy to have you here. And uh, I don't know if Brian realizes or not, but today is our anniversary of this show. Mm-hmm. And we're just so glad to have you on uh, to share this, uh, this time with us tonight.
0: Well, I'm glad to be here,
2: Brian.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Gregory. You know, I want to, my first question to you is you have a book, and it's called What Can a Dentist Teach You About Business, Life, and Success? To discover Secrets to Achieving Total Success. That's an interesting title, you know, for your book. What prompted the book and the title?
0: Well, Greg, as it turns out, over the last, oh, I guess, three or four years, I've been doing training presentations and workshops, first for business, first for dentists, Mm-hmm. And then that expanded to the, the small business groups and, and organizations and actually retreat houses. And when I would get done my presentation, they would say, well, how do we get this information? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I hope you took notes or, <laughs> or you watched my PowerPoint because that's where it is. And there was enough demand. because well, you ought to write a book. We want this written down. So that was kind of the impetus for writing the book. But the title came about because – I would begin my presentations, especially to the non-dental groups, I would start out and say, I guess you're sitting there thinking, what's a dentist going to teach you about business, about life, or success? Mm
1: -hmm. Most
0: people think a dentist gets out of school, opens up his practice, people come, they pay him lots of money, and he goes home rich and happy. Mm -hmm. Well, that may have been the way it was 50 years ago, but today, a dentist has to follow certain principles in his business world if he wants to be successful. He has to follow a certain principles in his life if he wants to be successful. And I see I contend that those areas are not exclusive of each other. And to have total success and ultimately happiness, you need to be successful in both areas. Mm-hmm. So I think people are just surprised that a dentist is even going to talk about that topic. So that's why the, the title came about, What can a dentist teach about
2: business life and success? Awesome. Awesome. All right. You're just joining us, you're listening to the abundant solutions hour we have with us Doctor Joe Capista. Doctor Joe, you do a lot of speaking to civic groups and college students and business owners, and a cross section of people who want to know how to achieve high levels of success. You know, something you talk a lot about is the success triangle. What is that? What is the success ti- triangle? Well,
0: Brian, in my book, about I think about four chapters are dedicated to the success triangle, and the way this came about uh, in around the year two thousand we were in the midst of a change in the dental world where there was a shift to cosmetic dentistry. And that was going from conventional need-based dentistry where people came and they needed something new fixed to want-based dentistry where they would come and have nothing wrong with their teeth, just want nicer-looking teeth. So we we were going through a little bit of a shift in marketing. And up until that point, we did very little external marketing. So we had to do something in an area that I was not familiar with. So for the people on the call who, if you have a pencil, you can maybe write this down. It's it's a triangle. At the top is the product, internal marketing, and external marketing. On the lower right-hand side is a systemized sales presentation, and the left side is a systemized sales call. And the reason it came about, and it took actually a couple of months, because I kept saying, okay, now, if we have the external market. How does this impact the other things that I'm doing? And what are the other things I'm doing? I said, well, in my world, the product is my dentistry, so I had to be a good dentist. I had to have a good dentistry. Internal marketing, they were the things that my customer sees, sees, feels, hears, and touches. It's what bombards their senses. It's what makes them want to be there. It's the way you look. It's the way your employees look. It's the way your building looks. It's the way, you know, the things. that so I said, well, Before I spend money to market, I want to make sure I have a good product and good internal marketing. So what I did, I went back and I got more training for cosmetic dentistry and I kicked up our internal marketing through bringing consultants. And and the reason I did that is because it didn't make sense to just external market and bring people in and have them, first of all, not receive a good product and, second, not be treated properly or as good as they should be. Right. So by doing that, it helped to maximize the dollars I was going to spend on the external marketing. Oh. And then I start to think, okay, let's assume we have this <clears throat> this panacea where we have good marketing and good product. What happens? Well, more people are going to come. That's what brought me to the, the presentation. I said, well, if more people are going to come in, I have to do something when they come in. I have to talk to them. I have to communicate. I have to do a presentation. I have to say things to people so people can say yes to things that they want or need. So I developed over the years a systemized sales presentation or case presentation, whereby I try to get someone's attention, interest, desire, and action. Those four things: attention, interest, interest, desire, and action. That was actually taught to me through a sales course. And the reason that doing a systemized sales presentation is important is because if you can be good in your sales presentation and you're now going from a 30% closure rate to a 60 or 70% closure rate, that's going to make the money you spend at the top much more valuable. Much, a lot more money is going to drop to the bottom line. On the left-hand side, though, and this is probably the key to the to the base of the triangle, the systemized sales call, that's whereby there are certain objectives, uh, you're trying to get a relationship, right. value or perceived value for your product or service, and an experience. Because if you do those three things, you get trust and confidence. If you're in your sales call, you're getting trust and confidence, and you're not even that good in doing a sales presentation, more people are going to say yes than, than, than if you don't get the trust and confidence. Everyone has had experience where they've dealt with a salesperson. They just don't get a good vibration. They don't like the way they talk. They don't like, the, and you don't buy from those people. And when I teach in the book and then when I do my presentations to businesses groups, I teach them how to do a systemized sales call, where, whereby you're doing a warm up, where you could form relationships, a presentation, a dismissal, and a handoff, in order to form that relationship value or perceived value, trust, experience, and ultimately trust and confidence. Because if you look at that triangle once again. Remember I said ex- you want to form an experience in your um, sales call. That comes from internal marketing. See, these these parts of the triangle are not standalone items. They actually interrelate to each other. And they're not – you can say, well, I'm good in a sales presentation, but I'm not good in a sales call. Well, that's not so good. Or I'm great in a set presentation in sales, but my product's not that good, or my marketing's not that good. They all fit together. So your experience – comes from your marketing, how the people are treated. Your presentation fits into your sales call, so they're not independent. But the ultimate goal of all of this is to be systemized. Mm. Systemized in your presentation and systemized in, in your sales call. Because if you do these things in a systemized way, Brian and Gregory, you will get, you will develop what I call unnatural natural behavior. So when you do your your presentation or your or your your encounter, customer encounter, it comes across as very natural and unrehearsed. And that's really the goal. And that's why when I do things in a systemized way, they repeat it over and over again. So the base of this triangle drives the top. The money that you're spending, everything at the top costs money. Your, to have a good product costs money, the internal market costs money, and the external market can cost lots of money. So it, if if you can if you can increase your closure rate on the bottom by doing a good presentation and a good sales call and increase it from thirty to sixty or seventy percent as i said the dollars are going to drop to the bottom line a lot quicker than if if with that um with that lower closure rate does that make sense yes, no, sure. yes, yes, okay. sure. so that's kind of how the success trial came about and, and when i when I speak to businesses especially i say I know everyone in this room does these things, and my goal is to have you not just do them, but see the impact that they have on each other and the importance of being systemized in each area and not just worrying about one area, but seeing how the, that those all interrelate to each other.
1: Mm. You know what? I'm, I'm sitting here taking notes. <laughs> yeah, I
0: am too. <laughs> i to keep up. <laughs> well, that's that. That, what we just talked about is about an hour presentation, so I really gave you the, the summary of that, so yeah. bear with me
1: I, I tell you what it, it's powerful information, and i I just ask all of our listeners to to put it to work, put it to test tomorrow tonight, get to work on it without the pieces you also talk about the five parts of success. Tell us about that
0: Well, that encompasses another good bit of the book, but you know when i when I started to do this. Presentations to dentists. I was doing just basically how to help them be successful in their business. And, and I said, well, you know, there's just much more to this than your business world. And I started to develop, you know, wh- what do we need? To, what do we need to be successful in our in our whole life and not just our business world? And I said, I, I bet if we went around the room when I'm talking to groups of people, I said you could probably fill fill the blackboards with hundreds of things. But I kind of narrowed it down to five basic things. And I'm going to list the five and then maybe go into a little bit of detail on all five if we can. We, you know, Once again, because of time, we can't go into a great detail, but I'll give you an overview of what they are. But First, it's be an expert at what you do. Have a good product or service. Hmm. Second, develop sales and marketing skills. Third, get help from mentors. Get people to teach you what you don't know. Fourth, control the way you think because thinking controls your actions. And fifth, have balance in your life. And see, in in these five areas, Brian and Gregory, these are not just for your business world because to be an expert, the first one, you know, obviously for me, that's to be a good dentist. If you're in real estate, it's to be a good broker. If you're in banking, it's to be a good bank. You know, if you have a restaurant, to have a good, visit, a good restaurant. But be the best that you can be because, you see, if, we were, if I was tested as a dentist in Pennsylvania, I would probably find out that I'm probably not the best dentist in Pennsylvania, I'm, technically. Mm-hmm. I may have other things that overweigh my technical things, but that doesn't concern me because I know that I've taken the steps through continuing education and striving to learn more that, that I'm the best that I can be, and I'm always going in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I can't worry about what the other dentists are. All I know is that when I put my head on the pillow at night that I've done the best I can for my patient. But on the other side of the coin is be be an expert in your personal life, too. Be the best husband, the best father, the best child, the best relationship with coworkers and friends. Be the best you could be in those areas, too. This is a double-edged sword, The the uh, these five parts. It's not just your business world. Second, to develop sales and marketing skills. I contend that the success of your business is directly proportional to your ability to sell and market. But I'll take it one step further. I think the success of your life is directly proportional to your ability to sell and market. Because in life and in business, we're we're selling a product, a service, but many times we're selling an idea. And I know in my personal life, if I can communicate in a way whereby... My ideas are going to be helpful to other the people that i 'm encountering, and we're going to come away with a happier relationship because of my ability to communicate properly and so that we all end up where we want to be and be happy that you know that's takes sales and marketing it takes sales skills to learn those communication things so it 's not just about being a salesperson the way we think of sales in in the commercial aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Third, get help from mentors. You know, we need mentors for our business world and we need mentors for our personal life. In my book I who the book is dedicated to my mentor Charlie Shivo, who I was blessed. I mean I met with Charlie. Charlie is almost ninety years old now and I met with him probably for twenty five years once a month. And we would spend half of our time Charlie wasn't was an accountant by trade, although he was much more than accountant an accountant we would spend half of the time on the success or the uh, the health of the business the P&L the profit and loss statement and how things were going with you know within the office and we would spend the other half of the time on the health of the person and Charlie taught me more about things that made me be successful and happy in my life than in 20 20 years than I could have learned in a lifetime i mean literally i call having a mentor someone who provides accelerated learning to you. And that's really what they do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need mentors in our personal life and in our business life because one person can't provide both of those things. And and they're out there and we could do a whole chapter on mentors. But, I mean, I think that people have to understand that you can't get better in your business world and you can't get better in your personal world just by watching television or reading newspapers. You need to have people who I say are doing it, who are successful in those areas. You can associate with them and not pay them, or you can do it in the form of coaching or paying where they come and help you. You know, both, areas, both ways work, but you can't do it on your own. You need someone who knows more than you to help you to get better at what you're doing. The fourth thing, control your thinking. I mean, this is really the toggle switch. This is what turns everything off and on. I can talk quite a bit about that if we have some time today. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about thinking, but see, over the years, Charlie taught me, and I always knew that my thoughts had a big impact on how I felt and acted. And I had taken courses years and years ago. I, I still listen to actually um, um, Zig Ziglar, Earl Nightingale, all the all the experts from years ago. Earl Nightingale had a a tape series 25 years ago, The Strangest Secret. They just re-released it. And the strangest secret is you become what you think about. And I I just know that that my attitude is determined the way way I think. And I knew this over a long period of time, but I never knew the real reasons why until recently. I I took a course. Well, first, I, I read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink. I don't know if you guys have read that or not. Okay. Um, in that book, it's the New York Times bestseller a couple of years ago. He talked about the, he, he's a, a psychologist and he showed how the things that we were putting in our unconscious or our subconscious mind actually affected your physical or, or emotional behavior. And these weren't big events. These were called thin-sliced events or blink, blink of an eye, things that were happening very, very quickly and how that was actually changing your actions, your behavior, and your body physiology. And I, and I kind of always knew that the thinking was a was a big thing in my life. And then about two years ago, I had taken a course by James Ray. I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of James Ray. He was one of the contributors to the book The Secret. In fact, he's in Fortune magazine this month, I think. They featured he has a new book out. Right. And he he had a course called the science of success and the thing that that made such an impression on me from this course was that he actually displayed through quantum physics the effects that our thinking has on on our life and he he had an equation and said thoughts plus an emotion create a certain feeling and that feeling creates a vibration or a wave or a frequency And that's sent out into the universe and attracts back to you a similar... attracts back to a certain wave, vibration, or frequency. And that produces a certain action and eventually a certain result. And I didn't understand that at first, and then as I thought about it and heard and read more about it, I went back to the book by um, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich.
1: Oh, yeah. Hmm?
0: I mean, that's one of my Bibles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He lists the seven positive and seven negative emotions. And it made sense that your thought, say, tied to an emotion of happiness, well, that creates a certain feeling, sends out to the universe a similar feeling, and attracts back to you by the law of attraction, mm-hmm. a, a law of, I mean, a, a feeling of happiness, which creates a certain action and eventually certain results, and usually good results. If you're, if that thought was coupled with an emotion of hatred or anger, that creates a different kind of feeling or vibration. And eventually attracts a certain type of action result that may not be so good. I mean, and literally, I could talk for way too long on thinking. But the thinking was the toggle switch because if I go back to the five things, it's pretty hard to be an expert in your business world and your personal world if your thinking is taking the wrong direction. It's pretty hard to have sales and marketing skills where you you have control over them and can do them where they benefit both you and the person you're dealing with equally or sometimes more the other person if you don't have control of your thinking, it's pretty hard to listen to mentors and take their advice if your thinking is taking in a direction away from the way they're trying to take you. So controlling your thinking is really the probably one of the biggest things of the five. But the last one, and there's a chapter or at least two chapters in the book on this, is is have balance in your life. Because if the people on the call can envision the circle, and there's different people who have different versions of this, and this was actually showed to me by my mentor, Charlie Shivo, when I was probably 29 or 30 years old, and at the top is your relationships or your family. On the lower is your work world. On the right-hand side is your physical or external world. On the left-hand side is your spiritual or internal world, and this has meant a big, big. It's been a big factor, part of my life, and my children's life, my wife's life. We, you know, where my children when I went away to college, I gave them this. And the reason that it's important is because, you know, in our work world, we have choices. In our in our relationships, we have choices. In our physical and spiritual, we have choices. And if we have time, we we could talk a little about this later. But each of these areas impact each other. If your work world is not the way it should be. It affects your relationships and it affects your health. Right. If your relationships are not the way they should be, that affects your work world and it affects your health and your or your physical world. When those three areas, your work world, your relationships, and your physical world are not the way they should be, it's pretty hard to have a spiritual or an internal peace in your life. And I go through a whole scenario of the things I didn't do the way they should be, and where I am today, and, and, and the steps I've taken to become better in those areas. So the balance, you know, I know I have friends who make millions of dollars in a year, more than I can make in a lifetime, and I wouldn't want to be them. I mean, they're, they have the other things. They have, you know, good businesses sometimes, but they don't have the, the, the quietness in life. They don't have good relationships and their work, and their physical world. is not the way it should be. And given the choice of success in my business or success in my personal life. I I think that I my personal life is more important to me than the success in my business. Doesn't mean that, you know, I want to give up either one of them, but I, 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 the things in my life that I don't pay for are more important than or the things that don't that don't cost money are more important to me than than the the business world of me right now. So wow. they're basically the five things. And once again, that's another hour and a half talk So
2: <laughs> That was a nutshell version of that. Powerful, though. Powerful. Very yeah, powerful. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We have with us tonight Dr. Joe Capista. And, you know, Dr. Joe, I want to ask you about the uh, some of the other things that you teach people on um, about controlling their thoughts. You know, why do you think controlling your thoughts is so important? You know, I alluded
0: to that a little bit with the on the fourth one of on the five parts of success. But, mm-hmm. you know, Brian, thoughts are things and thoughts become things. And successful people have a common way of thinking and acting. And, you know, one of the things that, that, that I have found out through, see, when I give my presentations, I tell people, I'm not, I'm not that smart. I wasn't that, that great of a student. Uh, I was just an average student in school. I was told I probably couldn't become a dentist. I should be a teacher. Um, and and I didn't take the advice of my guidance counselor. And and I tell people that because as, as I give presentations, I say, well, you're probably going to think that, that I'm some good businessman or I'm smart. I said, well, the things I learned in business, I learned from other people. And I'm just not that smart. My successes have come from the way I think, the way I feel, the way I act. They've come from my gut not from my brains, and that actually success has very little to do with skills and very little to do with intelligence. That doesn't mean, you obviously, you need certain talents and certain skills to be a dentist and you need a certain degree of intelligence to be a dentist. But that's not the driving force, because I know dentists who are smarter than I am. I know people in business who are smarter than them, but they haven't been as successful. The successes that really come from the way I think, the way, and the way I feel, and the way I act, because the thoughts control our unconscious minds, and our unconscious mind controls our feelings and our actions. So, doesn't it make sense to put the right thing in our unconscious mind if it's going to control the way you feel and you act? And it goes back to you know the, what I said about the uh, the um, thoughts with the emotions and, and how how that affects you know the way you feel. I mean, this has been around forever, and I didn't make this up. This goes back to the Bible, the Buddha. I mean, there's people, in hundred, that book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, that's a book about thinking and growing rich, not necessarily dollars in your pocket, although right. that's part right. of it, but thinking, controlling your thinking, and growing rich in your life. And, I mean, I could quote the experts from Walt Disney, Buddha,
2: Henry Ford, jeez, uh, uh William you know, James. Uh, Dr. Joe, when yeah. you said that, when you were talking about how, Uh, thinking can become your reality. Yes. It made me think about how sometimes you can say, oh, I don't feel good today, and Mm. then you just have a crappy day, Mm. you know, but, you know, or somebody will say, oh, I think I'm going to be sick, (laughs) you know, and then next thing, you know, they're sick, you know, or they'll say, I feel a cold coming on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and I always tell people, don't say that because your words can become action, you know. That that's exactly what I I speak about because I say you
0: should ask for what you want, not what you don't want. People say, well, how do I control my thinking? It just happens. Mm. I said, well, that's not really true. I said, the bad thoughts come in nibbles. And you get a nibble, a nibble, a nibble. And all of a sudden, it's almost like fishing. And all of a sudden, there's a bite. And the bad thought has gotten you. But if you're in in the habit of asking for what you want and not what you don't want, you attract you know, you can you can say to yourself, Well, I don't want to be I don't want to be fat, I don't wanna be sad, and I don't want to be poor. Well you can also say, I wanna be healthy, I wanna be happy, I wanna be prosperous. You're asking for the same thing, but you're asking for what you want, not what you don't want. And that's really, you know, exactly what you just said, Brian. It's 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 you control the thought. And that thought attracts back to you that same type of thought. So you you really have to focus on Attract into your life the things that you want. And I'm a firm believer in it. You know, and so many times people have said to me, well, that sounds like hocus pocus. And and that thoughts are things. Well, how can a thought be a thing? You can't see a thought. And I say, well, you know, I can't see sound waves. But in my room right now, there are thousands of songs being played. I don't have a receiver on to pull them in to play them. But there's sound waves here. And I, I always ask the audience, I say, How many people have been riding in a car or in a room with someone you're, you know, very close to, wife, spouse, parent, whatever, and and they'll say something. say, I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, it happens all the time. And because we can't see it, there's a tendency to believe it's not there. And what I tell people to do, and this makes a a little bit of sense, I think, If, if, if you played golf and you went to a golf pro, And the golf pro said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand this way. I want you to take the club back to here. I want you to take it to the top. And on a downswing, when you get about six inches from the ball, I want you to close your eyes. And I guarantee you that ball will go long and straight every time. Well, that makes no sense at all. But you can't hit the ball long and straight with your eyes closed. But that's what I'm asking the people to do, is to close your eyes and just trust that this works, because I know it works. I mean, it's been shown to me over and over and over again, and, and it, it don't have to, you don't have to understand it. You just have to believe that it works, and, and I know it does. I mean, it's, let's say, I'm not the expert. The experts way before me have talked about this, but what you had said, Brian, was very true. So many times people are asking for the wrong thing, and their and the thoughts are taking them in the wrong direction because of that.
1: That's awesome, I tell you what you know that just lines right up into to my next question for you. What do you see is the one area most people need improvement on in order to achieve total success
0: well it it really goes back to the thinking because first of all, people, as I said, have to understand that they can control their thinking and. That really is, is is the key thing here. The um, other way that, and the reason I say that is because so many times people say, well, you can do that, or it's easy for you. And I say, well, it's not easy for me. It's just as hard for me as for the next person. And, well, and they say, well, how do you do it? And I say, well, I have goals. I have goals written down. And this ties in into your question that, you know, you know, what's, what, what, was the, what was the question? That, uh, what do you need? What, the area that, that most people yeah. need to know. You, your thoughts are, are part of, partly there because of your goals. My goals are something that I have written down, and I, I say them in the morning. I say them at least once or twice in the daytime and before I go to bed. And my goals are thoughts tied to an emotion, such as I am so excited, happy, and grateful. Now that I do this much in my business, and that my relationship is such, and that my physical world, and I repeat those things so the the most the, the most important part is the thinking because if you can't control that toggle switch and it's turning things to the wrong way, you 're never going to get where you have to go and as I say it's important to develop daily goals and write them down and repeat them to yourself and and the thing that people say to me is you know well i don't want i don't need to write my goals down i don't i don't have the time to do this they have, but i can tell you that you have to write them down and this requires constant attention and constant work it doesn't just happen and that's where i think so many people drop the ball they think well my thoughts will just take me where i have to go and sometimes they do and it's the wrong place unfortunately so
2: Wow, you know when when you when you talk to people and and this is still on the lines of when uh them needing more improvement hmm. you know what what are some of the responses that you get from people when you tell them that you know when you tell them this is what you need to do, your thought process needs to change
0: most people this Brian or Chris? Yes, this is Brian, but most people seem to want it easy they want they want a quick fix they want it they want it where it's just going to happen and i i consider myself to be very much in control of my life and yet it takes constant care and attention to keep it there it's 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 easier to go the wrong way than to go the right way and well said and and so many people they just want it easy they and and the sad thing is, I know if, if I do a presentation, say, if it's a, even a full day presentation, say, to 10 or 20 dentists, or whatever group almost, I bet only 10 to 20% of the people actually go back and really, really do it. I mean, and that's disheartening in some ways, but I think that's a statistic that most people will say for people. People don't like to take action, and that's, that's the
2: hard part. So, you know, I, to be honest, I think 20% is kind of a high shot. (laughs) I feel better then. (laughs) You know, because, you know, and and the reason I say that is because I know a lot of people that you can talk to and talk to and you tell them this and you tell them that. And you get to a point where you say, you know, I'm tired of telling you the same thing over (laughs) and over and over and over and over and you're not doing it, you know. And, you know, what I always tell people is, you know, when you decide that you want to do something you're going to do it. Well, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to make that decision. You know, they always say, "Well, can you show me?" I said, "You know, I can tell you, but I can't show you what <laughs> you are supposed to do because then it looks like I'm doing it." I'm and true. I can't do what you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, but I, I think the most important part of what you what you said is that you have to have you have to have that mind right, you know. Hmm. Like my company, I call it Mind-Altering Strategies. And one of the reasons I call it that because I know that once you come up with something that only you can do, it does become mind-altering. It does change your way of thinking. You say, finally, I can do this. You know? Well, let me ask. You know, a lot of what you're talking about is based upon spiritual principles. You know, share with us why you believe You know, spirituality is so important.
0: Well, Brian, it it goes back to that balance. And, And first, let me clarify what spirituality to me is anyway. You know, when I do this talk, I do it to diverse groups of people, and I'm not necessarily speaking of religion. I'm speaking of inner peace. Spirituality can lead to a religious, or for me, it is a church and a God. But it doesn't have to be that, because I think to have the church and the God, first I have to have, Spirituality in my life, a quietness in my life. See, because I know when I was 29 and 30 years old, I thought going to church and something was being spiritual. Well, I know now that there's people go to church who are thieves and crooks. They're they're not spiritual people, but they go to church,
1: right. and that
0: and that's you know. So I've revisited that, and I just think that spirituality is the quietness in our life and devoting time to having a quiet time in our life, our day, our week, and our month. It, it's 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 an effort once again, and and it goes back to the balance. It's 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 probably the biggest part of the balance circle. It's 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 as important as my physical world. My you know, so many times we live in a world where people want to look good. Well, they may look good, but they're not good on the inside. And I, so many times, my people, my, I, have a, I have a very pretty wife, and my and people say to me, "Wow, you have a beautiful wife!" And I say, "She's as pretty on the inside as she's on the outside," and because. She has that inner peace to her, and and I think that you know the spirituality is, is about having quiet time in her life. It's, it's about providing the quietness in her life, and once again, how you have to control your thoughts to get to the, to have it, to, to have control. You have to control the quietness in our life. You know, we we live in a world, and I, I have be saying, I say, you know, we live in a world where we're bombarded with noise. There's so much noise that you can't hear and the the um we live in a world we're so connected that we're disconnected. I mean everybody's got the blackberries, the iPods, the phones, and we're all hooked up and, and that's all critical stuff. I understand that, but i saw- I saw a funny cartoon, uh Gregory and Brian. There was a man who came home from work and he had his arms around his wife kissing her hello. And behind her back, he was working the Blackberry.
1: <laughs>
0: and I I go out with these people. I know. They will be out at a baseball game. I say, put that damn thing away. You know, it's fun time now. And spirituality is part of fun. That's, it helps you in your peace. But I think that too many times in my life, I I didn't take the time to be quiet. And I mean, it goes back... When, when I was probably 29 or 30 years old, I was hitting it pretty hard. I was working my rear end off, probably working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And I was not a happy person. And my mentor, Charlie shiva said to me, well, Joe, how do you start your day? And I said, well, I run down the steps. I grab a banana, jump in the car and go to work. And he said, well, what I do is I stop at church and I sit there for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. I hear a little bit of mass and I go to work. And I took about two years before I finally thought that was a good idea, and after two years, I decided to try that. And I found that by doing that, taking that 15, 20 minutes before my workday in a quiet setting, now, whether it was divine intervention or just the quietness, I have no idea, but I was getting answers to situations in my life that needed answers. Mm. And I was not able to do that by jumping in the car and playing the radio and going to work. And... And and later I developed. I, I he also told me, you know, why don't you go on a retreat? I've been doing a retreat for the past twenty some years, and currently I still do. I do the retreat still. I still go to master in a week when I can, I, and I belong to a, a reflection group where we, a bunch of business owners meet. And there are the things I do in a structured way, but in an unstructured way, the things that have helped me with the quietness. I I don't play the radio in the car and hardly ever anymore. I Obviously, if I'm going on a trip, I do maybe. But I have a little prayer list that I pray for people when I'm driving. I I don't walk in my house. I used to walk in my house and put TVs, radios, and I just don't do that anymore. My I say hello to my wife, give her a kiss that she knows I need quiet time. I sit in, in quiet areas. I take time to read. I take time to just be quiet. I take I, I rarely I rarely read newspapers. Um, as I say, the TV is not on, and you know. Once again, I don't make this stuff up. This even goes back to. This is an interesting story. Thomas Edison, the inventor,
1: mm-hmm.
0: didn't. Well, he knew in the afternoon, he could not get good ideas. So what he would do, he would sit in a chair, close his eyes, and he would have a lead ball in his hand, and he didn't want to fall asleep. But he knew when he closed his eyes. And he got to that level of that was just below before sleep. The ball would drop out of his hands. It would wake him up. When he woke up, he had good ideas. And we know today that what what he was actually doing, he was actually doing in a meditative state. And he was going into a higher alpha level in his brain. And when people produce more alpha waves, they're more receptive to to creativity and, and things like that. And that's what the monks did when they chanted. That's what you know the crucifixes, eye fixation. All those things provide that that type of um, quiet meditation does it by re- repeating a word. And that's a part of spirituality. I mean, once you have that, then you can go to a religion part or, or a, you know, a God part. If you never get to that, that's okay. It, but you, in, in that circle of balance, and this is how the spirituality fits into it, of those four areas, I say in your work world, you need systems to precede efficiency. In your relationships, you need to love yourself before you can love others. In your physical world, on the other side, your external world, you need, fit, you need health to precede fitness. And when those three areas are, are going the right direction, your inner peace will evolve. And that inner peace or spirituality can evolve to be religion or our God, whatever you choose it to be. Mm. And, and those areas, they're not independent of each other. I don't know anybody who can have inner peace when their work's not going the way it should be, when the relationships are on the, on the you know, when you can't stay in a relationship, your children are in trouble, when your physical world is not the way it should be, your health is not the way It's pretty hard. And that's why I think the spirituality part on that balance is a big... I give a talk once a month at a retreat house on success and spirituality. And it's basically what we're talking about. And It has nothing to do with the church or God. It has to do with developing the things in our life that will open us up to being able to have an inner peace that we don't have because of the way of the world we live in today. Mm. That's, you know, and that's neither here nor, you know, it's not good or bad. It's just the way it is. But... Once again, just as you have to take control of your thinking, just you take control of your spirituality and your inner peace in your life, too.
1: Awesome, awesome. You know, Dr. Feast, uh, you know a lot of people have heard about the law of attraction. <laughs> and so many of them, you know, they go to the training session, they read books, and they're also are listening to CDs. And, you know, all of this information is based off of the, the law of attraction. Hmm. You know, although you subscribe to this aspect of uh, law of attraction, and you know that uh, so many people out there, they just, just can't seem to get this thing to work with their life why does law of attraction work for one person but not another person
0: you know gregory over the last years couple years since the secrets come out there's been a lot of talk about the law of attraction and and i believe in the law of attraction i believe sometimes it it was oversimplified especially by the secret it almost seems like that What they want you to think is that, well, I can just think good things and I'm going to have what I want.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's really not what they're saying. If, If you look closer at it and you're really analyzing it, it goes back to kind of what James Ray said. It's your thought with an emotion, positive or negative, that creates that feeling and that produces that wave, vibration or frequency that goes out, comes back to you. All uh, the law of attraction, but that creates a certain action and a certain result. The key here is an action. It's not going to your room and thinking, "I want a Porsche, I want a Porsche, I want a Porsche," and there's going to be a Porsche in my driveway. It's, it's the thought of, "Okay, I want a Porsche, and I'm going to do, and I'm going to do certain things, and that's going to, and that's going to create the action and the result. That's what gets you the results. And I think." It's not just about thinking something and it'll appear. It really is about, goes back to thoughts, feelings, and action. It's about work. It's about coupling one thing to another thing, not just an independent event of thinking. And that's, that's where I think, you know, sometimes I think people could be, a, I don't want to say misled, but it may sound too easy. You know, all these things, they take work. They don't, they don't happen by accident. They really don't.
2: Mm. You know, I was wow. I'm just trying to take all that in. <laughs> I could talk more about any of these things. If you... you know, um, let me ask this question: what is what is the one thing that people can do in order to be incredibly successful? Well,
0: when I when I when I do my presentations, I, I ask people to look back at the success triangle, and to look at the circle of balance and ask themselves, you know, where are you in your work world with your product, your marketing, with your, with your skills on presentation and your skills in handling your customer? And then look at the circle of balance and say the center is zero and the outsides are 10. Ask yourself, where are you from zero to 10 in your work world where are you from zero to ten in your relationships? Where are you from zero to ten in your physical world and your spiritual world? And and what steps are you willing to do to be better in the in the success area of your business and your personal life? And understand that it takes work and a commitment and a price to pay. And that in fact, on the back of my business card, I have my quote from Charlie that says. You can have anything in your li- in life you want if you want it badly enough and are willing to pay the price. Mm. You know, w- the one thing that I think people have to do to be incredibly successful is to be committed to being better in those areas in their business and in their personal life. And when I say commitment, I mean, I, when I do the circle of balance, I go into the, the commitments that I've made to my to my work world, to my relationships, to my physical world. and my my spirituality. When I speak about a commitment, I'm talking not about a promise or a resolution. I'm talking about something that you are not going to vary from, and that once you lie to yourself about your commitments, the first time is hard, the second time is not as hard, and the third time it's easier, and pretty soon there's no more commitments. And then that circle, you start going from seven, eights, or nines back to threes and fours in that circle, and that circle doesn't look like a circle anymore. And that's, that's where I think that commitment is a big, big thing. I mean, I made commitments in my work world to have the best business I could have. And over the years, it's, it's cost money to bring people in to, to be better at it, to develop systems so I could have efficiency in my, in my relationships, you know, there was a time that my relationships weren't as good as they should be with my wife. We'll be married 35 years this year, and it's been the best it's ever been. But I've taken the steps in my business world to free myself up to be have more time for my relationships. Mm-hmm. In my physical world, the commitments that I made first, when I was probably 29 or 30 years old, I was not eating properly and having a few beers at night shouldn't be doing, you know, not being as healthy as I should be. I changed my diet, and then I then I developed an exercise program where I run four days a week, and I've run four days a week since I was 29 years old. And I can tell you in the 28 years or whatever that is, in the course of that time, there's only a, maybe a handful of times that I didn't run because I could not, maybe 10 or 20 times because I was in places where I could do it, or I was had some sickness or an injury, but the number of times that I have not run because I didn't want to run are zero. I've never opened the door and said, what's cold today, or what's raining today? It's because it's a commitment. And I knew once I told myself and lied to myself about my physical being, my other areas would follow the same route. And I just, Form the commitment that being committed is is probably the area that you need to be incredibly to be incredibly incredibly successful, and you have to concentrate on commitments.
1: Right, right. I mean, you, you know, Doctor Capista, we spend so much of our time. I, I hear people all the time complaining, and just. And I even heard a lot of people tell God, just, "I'm just going through this. I'm going through that," and the reason I'm asking this question is. Uh, what can someone do? What can a person do that's listening? Uh, what can they do to enhance their spiritual life? It,
0: you know, probably, probably, Greg, just don't look at your spiritual life. Hmm. Look at the other areas and see how they're impacting your spiritual life. And then once you evaluate those, go to that the spirituality side and say, okay, where 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 am I not having the peace in my life to, or the quietness in my life because just as as I said before just as you you need to control your thinking you need to control the quietness in your life and I think you just it, it doesn't happen in one day I mean as I say make make times to to evaluate your goals and see and have spirituality be part of your goals. Then, if you're thinking about sp- one of your goals is to have more spirituality in your life, it's something you're thinking about every day. That thinking helps you ask for what you want. And then you, you know, I write down my sp- my spiritual goals are the things that I want in my spiritual world. I have written down to go to my reflection group once a week to to make sure that I that I that I take the time to. To be to have the quietness in my life to 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 not to have control of my thinking with with reference to the the uh the spiritual side of things, so I think we have to write them down in the form of a goal and also look at it how it in, how it's impacted by our our work our physical and our and our relationships. Does that answer that?
1: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. One hundred percent. We have about four minutes left, Doctor Capista. If you would please give out your information and and tell us how can we order this book, <laughs> and if someone wants to call you or get in contact with you about speaking engagement.
0: Sure. Um, my website. I can be reached at my website at W or you can check me out on there dot if you go in there, you can order order the book. Uh, what can a dentist teach about business, life, and success? Or you can get it through Amazon online or Barnes and Noble online. If um, you go to the website, you can uh, also download a free ebook. We'll give you a little preview of what's in the book. It's an easy read. It's 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 business and life. I mean, I have people who read it who have no businesses at all, but they just like the parts about what we talked about with the success in your personal life and. Right. And if you sign up, they you get a, a success tip sent to you once a I think once every five or seven days, um, and it's a good good little reminder. My friends hear it and they like it. And I have people email me all saying, Oh, I liked your success tip this week, and so that's how that's how I can be contacted. Um, it'll list on there. In fact, a lot of the radio shows and TV shows I've been on are, are going to be are on there, and you can listen to some of the other um, shows I've been on and see where I was I'll be speaking after the next. <laughs> Six months <laughs> all over <laughs> all over the place uh, but it 's been fun i I enjoy doing I enjoy sharing this part you know, as I say, most people don 't think of a dentist as talking about the things we 're talking about tonight and I was just named a um, small business person of Delaware County through the Chamber of Commerce because of the presentations i 've been doing for business groups and
1: oh,
0: wow so and that 's very unusual because. Um, it's the first time it's been given to a health care provider because most people, mostly business people, <laughs> in fact, uh, the mayor of Philadelphia is going to give me the award, Mayor Nutter. He was our newly elected mayor. and He's mm-hmm. a really a sharp guy, so I'm
2: looking forward to that in a couple weeks. So.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Brian may have something. Brian, we have about two minutes
2: left in the show. You know, I just want to say that uh, we thank you for coming on. I mean, yeah. it was just an honor just to have you on our show. Well, I appreciate that, Brian. I'm glad to be here, actually. Yeah. Great. And, yeah. you know, and I actually am signed up for the success tips, and I do read them. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, and that's what I was, I, I was waiting for you to say that, because I'm like, he didn't talk about set sex. Success <laughs> tips, <laughs> you got to tell them, you got to tell them. Yeah, I can here. tell all the listeners that they are great tips. Yeah. Like, you know, Latin. and they're more than just, you know, a business tip here or there. They're, they're tips about life, and you can use them from, you, you can use them for business, but they're really, you know, just like he talks about the balance. You can use them for life. You know, you could just take that particular situation and equate it back into, you know, something else that you may have going on. So just great thing, Great things are coming out of Joe Capista, and we appreciate him coming on tonight. Uh, Dr. Capista, we have about a minute
1: left in the show. Was there any? Do you have any encouraging words that you can leave for the people that are listening?
0: Actually, just one thing, Gregory and I, we hit on this a little bit. You know, we talked about a lot of different areas very quickly and maybe superficially. In the book, there's much more, but no matter what we do and no matter what area, whether it's spirituality, whether it's your business, you know, if we talk about this and we don't do anything that, you know, I'm wasting my time and you guys are wasting your time, get out and and do something. And maybe it's not going to work the first time or the second time. But it's better to, to take the shot and miss than to not take the shot at all. So just yes. take some actions.
1: Yes. And I'll say this, uh, Dr. Capista. Uh, a lot of times people fail in life because they, it's not that they aim too high mm. and miss, it's because they aim too low and they hit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That Very said, true, Gregory. Yes, yes. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour and Brian and Dr. Capista. I tell you what, we've reached our goal, and that goal is helping others do more, be more, and have more. Dr. Capista, thank you so much for coming on and, and just blessing everybody.
0: Gregory, I appreciate you having me on on YouTube, Brian. It was fun. Thank you.
1: Yes. Thank you. Everybody, good night, and God bless. Thank you.